Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to What We Learned Live following just a mundane Ohio State victory. No big deal. 17-14 over Notre Dame. Oh, wait, it looked like they were dead in the water, and somehow the Buckeyes pulled it out. 17-14 over Notre Dame. I'm Dave Biddle. Welcome to What We Learned Live. We're going to hear from Dan Rubin. We're going to hear from, eventually, from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Notre Dame Stadium. Dan's going to join me in just a few moments. I listen, I mean, I guess we can, there's two choices here, right? I mean, you could like be like, well, upset about all the things that went wrong or just be like, just win, baby. I'm going to choose the latter. And and trust me, I spent most of the game pretty pissed off about some of the stuff that I was seeing, but to emerge victorious, we said before the game, I don't care if you win by one point, just win. They did that. So, uh, in the weeks, we still will on the show. We'll still talk about it on the show, but um, we can really break down what's wrong with this team uh, in future episodes. But, wow. Wow. I'm trying to think of the last time Ohio State really escaped with a win like that. Maybe, like, it reminded me a little bit of, like, maybe the Rose Bowl, um, you know, against Arizona State. Help me out, guys. I'm trying to think of a game where it was just like, well, it was close, kind of low scoring. Okay, well, we're not going to win this one. This one was even more shocking than I think. I mean, the Rose Bowl wasn't shocking. That was just a long drive by Joe Germain. Got a touchdown, David Boston. Just win, baby. Jeez. I tell you what. And and you look at it. I mean, Penn State looks good. Michigan doesn't look good. Michigan didn't look good against Bowling Green, who's not even a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team like for like Big Ten standards, for MAC standards. Bowling Green's one of the worst teams in the MAC, and Michigan struggled with them today. They did beat Rutgers 31-7, to but um, we'll see. So it's not like Ohio State has this juggernaut Michigan team, but Ohio State has a lot of stuff they have to figure out. I don't like – now, eventually the last play of the game, finally, they just – I was like yelling, like, just run it, run it at them, run it at them with Chip, and that's what they did. I don't like on fourth and one – fourth and inches. It wasn't even fourth and one. Fourth and two inches doing a wide receiver sweep with a Mecca. I mean, that's just, 
that's just playing into the soft narrative. Are these guys soft? No, they're not soft. These guys are tough guys. You can't play football at Ohio State and be soft. But, like, that plays into the soft narrative. I didn't like that. Um, And yet they won the game. They won the game. You play to win the game. So, yeah, I mean – I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked. I, I'm looking, already looking forward to rewatching the game. I'm going to rewatch the game. I'm going to do my written version of what we learned for the site Monday morning. Um, I don't know if I'm going to rewatch it tonight. Uh, it's going to be because we're going to be doing the show for a while. I have to do a radio show here in Columbus, 9 a.m. Uh, tomorrow. So uh, I'm already looking forward to rewatching this game. I'm going to have to rewatch at least that last drive before I call it a night tonight after this uh, post-game show. Appreciate you guys joining me. Again, we're going to hear from Dan Rubin in a moment. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. You know, again, I mean, kudos to the defense. I thought the defense played well. The Josh Fryer penalty, I, there's a lot of people are like, well, it was stupid on Josh Fryer to jump back on him. Am I wrong? I mean, like, that happens all the time in football. They never call that. Guy pancakes his man, and then he jumps on him. It wasn't like he, like... I don't know. Like he was like jumping off the top rope like he was a wrestler. He didn't like spear him. He just dove back on his man. You see that all the time. You, you, you pancake a guy and you jump back on him. They never call that. They called it and Ohio State picked up a huge third down with a Mecca. And it's like they're going to put the game away. Nope. That gets called back. Ohio State punts. Notre Dame takes it down. Notre Dame takes the lead. 14-10. Buckeyes get the ball back. They have the play I referenced earlier where they have a fourth and I'm like, just do a quarterback sneak. I don't know why they're so averse to running the quarterback sneak pop. I mean, Ryan day used to coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Just pop on a tape of the current Philadelphia Eagles. You don't have to have Jalen hurts, but like just if you need two inches quarterback sneak, push get somebody behind him to put, I mean, what, what's the problem anyway, somehow they won. I didn't like the call on Fryer. But um, some people thought, no, that was a good call. I thought Tyleek Williams played well. We learned Tyleek Williams played super well in this game. Thank goodness Marvin is not seriously hurt. I'm sure I'm a lot like you guys. Like, I was thinking, like, man, um, that looked bad. I was thinking, great, here we go. Second, Second straight year in a Notre Dame game, top receiver for the Buckeyes out for the season. Thank God he was able to come back. I was even thinking... Even if he could come back, I was like, don't even put him out there. Like, he's like, he can't be 100%, but thank goodness Marvin's not hurt. But, um, yes, I, I see some, yes, thank you. Keep keep him coming in here. Um, Rachel Brown, what about the Harrison catch called incomplete? That was a catch, 100%. And it took them, I'm like yelling, it took them until like after halftime to, to like talk about how the fact, oh, it really, because they were like, oh, his, his, arm his wrist landed out of bounds i'm like yelling like yeah but he caught it before then like he caught it like it doesn't matter and his his foot was down his foot was down and he caught it it doesn't matter then if his wrist was out of bounds what are you gonna do what are you gonna do yeah i mean his foot was down it was a bad call and for them to call that a, a catch on the field and then like reverse it are we not used to that, though? Jeez. Goodness gracious. Sorry, I'm moving some things around here. There we go. 
All right, my friends, keep the uh, keep the questions coming, the comments coming. We're gonna hear from Dan Rubin in a moment. I still can't believe it. I'm still I'm still still sitting here like flummoxed. Like I cannot believe they won that game. I'm sure, I'm like a lot of you. I'm like, geez, that it just felt like an L. They pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat, and I love it. I love it. Defense played great. Kudos to the defense. Kudos to the defense. And people are like, yeah, good to see Ryan Day fired up. You know, I, it, yeah, good to see him fired up. I, I would li- also like to hear um, him live by his own words, though. We're going to let it rip. We're going to be aggressive. And he sees things like, I don't know. I didn't see that offensively at all. And I don't think it's a good Notre Dame team. I mean, good. I bet they finished nine and three. All right. Dan Rubin joins the show. Field. How goes it? Publisher. I tell you what, man, you and I were texting. I thought this game was over and I was going to need to take a walk before we did the show. And um, now the Buckeyes pull it out. Here, I'll let Dan uh, get his. There we go. Can you hear me? All right. We have a little technical difficulties. We'll get, we'll get the publisher in here in just a moment. Jeez. I need to, you know, I'm like yelling at the screen that when they got stopped on fourth down, they had the timeout. It's two inches. Just run up there and do a quarterback sneak. It's not hard. But they won. Just win, baby. To escape with that win is huge. Just look at the, the 2002 team. How many times did they escape with a win? There we go. There we go. There we go. So All right. We won, right? That's right. Just win, baby. Are you sure? Uh, I I think so. It's yep, they did. It's confirmed. Ohio State won. Holy cow, Dave. <laughs> um we are we are running live also at a wild party at Denison and we are on the big screen. So uh my son is fighting off a lot of non-Ohioans, uh especially Namer. Um anyway. What? So that was incredible. Um I'm not going to show you my notes cuz it's not a lot of positives. A lot of mistakes. Yeah. I, I agreed to come on the show and we were winning and then we started losing and I was regretting uh, my decision, but what an incredible game. I really kind of feel like I'm a little bit in shock. I'm not, I, cause I'm trying to think of like specifics to share with you. And uh, a lot of it is just pure relief and sweat. What did you think about, were you yelling at the screen like I was at times? Like, just do a quarterback sneak. There was, like, many times I'm, like, yelling, like, just do that. Ryan Day knows more about football than I ever will, but I'm like, what is he doing? Like, why are you not just running up there and doing a quarterback sneak? And then after the timeout on fourth and inches, you're running a wide receiver sweep with a Mecca? What are you doing? Finally, on the last play, they got it right, Dan. Run right at him. I was also just thinking what it was going to be like on the site. And to have been inside the five yard line X number of times and have no points and people talking about how we can't block on the edge and we're not tough enough. And to pull it out like that. And literally it's like, they literally pushed it. I can't remember a game I've watched for a team that I cared that much where they just pushed every single thing to the absolute edge brink of death. Like JT didn't make a play. It felt like all day. And then he made two plays we had to have down the stretch. Um, 
I give Marvin Harrison a ton of credit for making that diving catch with the bad ankle. I'm very happy for Emeka Egbuka because he had a great game and a terrible drop in the end zone that would have was a legitimate four point drop. Um, I'm happy for Josh Fryer because that that penalty would have that was a killer. They were driving and he took a terrible terrible penalty and got us behind the eight ball. Um, I'm just relieved, man. Happy and relieved. Everything is still intact. And uh, I give Kyle McCord a ton of credit, man. I just sent someone a text. How'd you like to be Kyle McCord's dad right now? Think you're feeling pretty good? Think you're feeling pretty good? I think so. So uh, just incredible. He's willing to run, too. You know, not that he's, he's tough. He's willing to run. I like that he's willing. Not that he, like, did a great job on the ground, but McCord is willing to run he's a tough dude and he made a number of clutch throws man i mean julian fleming getting you know what he needed if he needed eight yards he got 8.3 yards um that was a great play and you know he, he was able to work the middle of the field beautifully i mean he, he shows you that when he's able to set his feet and deliver the ball down he throws the ball in the middle of the field beautifully stover had a couple great catches he also had i literally think the luckiest catch <laughs> in the history of organized sports, we'll take it. Um, but, you know, now when you pan back, I was a little upset with the, the defense and kind of, you know, they just got manhandled in the second half and kind of pushed around. But if you if you tell someone you're going to go to Notre Dame for a night game, you're going to give up 14 points where they've been scoring, what, 40? I would have taken that before the game, wouldn't you? For sure. I, I'm happy with the defense. I just – I don't know, man. When you look – when we push this forward – yeah, can they beat Penn State? Yes. Can they beat Michigan? Michigan does not look impressive at all to me. But still, man, I, I want to see more out of this offense. I'm disappointed we're four weeks into the season, and this was what we saw. And, and thank God they won the game. But, like, I think well, that's I'm fair. trying to keep it positive. They won the game. Like, they just win, baby. I get it. I get it. But, like, I need to see more out of this offense. I, I'm, I'm not impressed. Well, also, Dave, keep in mind, you sent me a text saying that we're going to push the show back because you were feeling violent. So those those that adrenaline needs to throw, go through your body first so you can really get back to feeling good. Um, yeah, listen, the offense has been uneven at best. I mean, they did make several clutch plays. Uh, Travion Henderson, I thought, you know, he's looking like we expected him to look. Um I really don't know what to say about it, though, because, the, the, like, the, the the one play that got me the worst was the, the, the play to Igbuka on the, like, an end around on fourth and one. You just can't do that. You can't do that. It was that like, was going to open them up to – It was a I mean, we were going to get 150,000-page views in the front row just on that one play. Now we're only going to get 50,000. But still, it was it – was, uh, Gee, good lord! I, I I've never been through a game like that because it wasn't it wasn't high scoring. Um, we need to quit drugs. Who's that's not very nice. Uh, there's some very. I, I will tell you this. Yeah, if you, uh, I mean, you, uh, you see all, if you can I, see all these, picked a bad week to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. Like that's Vic Var over here, Lloyd Bridges. But if uh, I, think, I think he's telling on himself, actually. Yeah, I'm saying if you look at all these notes here, uh, I don't think our uh, team was. Uh, drug or our, our viewers were drug free and or alcohol free but um good lord i'll tell you what though it does take a ton of pressure off of them 
And did you see Ryan Day before the game and after the game? Did yep. you see his – I've never seen him like that. His voice cracked a, a couple times. You know, he was uh, he was fired up, man. And I give him a lot of credit because, you know, he would have taken some serious crap this week, Dave. I mean, what do you think would have happened? Do you think they would have been lined up? I mean, the torches would have been out from some. I got a couple texts from people I trust who are normally pretty even keeled that were sending me torchlight uh, – simply because of the play call. So it takes a ton of pressure off of them. And like you said, uh, the offense is not where the defense is right now. That's hard to even say out loud and know that I'm talking about Ohio state, but look, man, no one's going to, no one's going to care about this. If they hit their stride and get rolling, is it, where are they going to be ranked now? You think Florida state won, they'll probably stay at, did anybody lose in the top five? You don't think they'd pass Florida state? No, no, not at all. No way. Not. I mean, this wasn't an impressive win. It just wasn't. I mean, they were favored by three. They won by three. Kudos. I th- feel like Ohio State got lucky. To an extent, I also thought there was some bullshit. Like, I thought that call on Fryer was not a good call. Right. You see it all the time in football where a guy pancakes his man and then he jumps on him. They never call that. And that was on a third down when they call that, that – so, I say Ohio State's lucky. I don't know. I think if they played 10 times, Ohio State would win at least six. So, I think Ohio State's the better team. But I feel like the Buckeyes got a little lucky. And we're lucky yeah. that Bax is going to join the show here. Yeah, I mean, uh, excellent. I, I will tell you this. I mean, they did get lucky. They did drop two intercepts. I mean, Tumalo had his hands on that. Tyreek Williams, I know they're defensive linemen. But there were a couple of plays that could have gone either way. I mean, there's no question they did get – some luck, but look, when Kyle McCord got the ball back, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, and by and the way, it is a good win for those yeah. that are just joining us. I said, trust me, good win. It almost was a bad loss. Good win. It's funny how one play can change a football game, huh? Good win. Yeah. Dan Rubin, good lot. stuff, my friend. It was impressive, Dave. I'm sure we'll talk about this more on Monday when I can uh, come back to myself. Oh, there he is. Bax, you stayed sober for this, I hope. I absolutely did. Don't you worry. I'm in oh, Canada. God. They don't have booze here. <laughs> no one drinks in Canada. No one. Not one person. <laughs> That's great, man. So the Canadian uh, fans well represented. Um, what do you think, man? You know, it is absolutely wild how different we feel right now based on one one-yard run by Chip Trainum. I mean, we were burying them, right? Like, the D was tired. We couldn't get a first down. They were getting mauled by the Notre Dame offensive line. It had a the air of defeat written all over it. And then JTT made a couple plays. And I tell you what, Kyle McCord tonight, no matter how frustrated we have been with some of the decisions he's made, no matter, no matter how lucky he kind of got on some of these picks, at the end of the day, he just took Ohio State 65 yards in less than 90 seconds to win on the road at Notre Dame. That's the that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. So um, I, th- I think the number one thing, though, what do we ask all offseason? Is the defense fixed? Yeah. Yeah, they're fixed. We just got to make sure the offense gets itself together by the time we get going into the Big Ten schedule now. So it's a, right. like Dave said, it's a huge win. It would have been an awful loss, but it's yeah. now like a huge win and. Well, I think we're all sitting here kind of rallying around Ryan Day after that post-game interview. I love it. Dan, thank you for your time. I'll let you, you go good, get guys. back to your uh, Denison basketball party. 
It's more than basketball. There are soccer players and football players there, but very few Ohio State fans, if you know Denison. So everyone who's there is not from Ohio State. You just suffer. <laughs> it's so weird. It's a, it's a central Ohio college, and there's not Ohio State fans there. That's so weird. I bet uh, there's not right. things. <laughs> see what? So where do you – we have this one. A lot of people are – I want to get your thoughts on the Josh Fryer penalty. You have a rightful one on YouTube saying that was the worst penalty I didn't think that was a good call, though. Where are you at on the Josh Fryer penalty? That is the worst call I've ever seen in the history of football. Well, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I mean, here's the thing: it's worse. It's objectively worse than the Clemson screwings we had because you could at least try to apply a rule to it. That was a pancake block, and Ohio State converted a third and long, and was unlike Notre Dame's twenty-five or thirty going in up a score. If we had lost, we would have spent the next hour furious about that call. Because that call literally changed the football game. This is a gift from the football gods that Ohio State won this game. And I think it's directly related to the bad karma from that absurd penalty. That's football. That's block. I don't know what else Josh Fryer could do there. It's a great play. Yeah, and by the way, I'm just – I mean, for those that are just tuning in, kudos to Ohio State for winning this game. Yeah. That's all that matters. We said coming in, just win it by one. Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, I thought there were – they left a lot to be desired. They came Dave, out a W, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Good teams win, great teams cover. Ohio State even did that. <laughs> they pushed. They pushed. Three that points. was absolutely a call from Vegas. Like the, the NBC booth got a call from the Bellagio Sportsbook and said, hey, there's one second left. Kick the extra point. That's exactly. <laughs> now, uh, unless you got it at two and a half. Last I saw it was a Buckeyes by three. We've had a, I talked about this earlier. We have Michael on Facebook saying, what about Marvin's catch? That was definitely a catch. They missed it. They even called it a catch on the field. Then you even Did have, everybody forget his foot TV, was in bounds? TV replay officials are useless. It's Terry McCauley. He's like looking at it. He's like breaking it down. I'm like, you're not going to talk about the fact that his foot is down and he caught yeah, it? Yeah, he's already had it in possession in the, in the, in the field of play. And then they're like, talking about, oh, well, his wrist hit out of bounds. It took him backs until an hour later to come back and be like, oh, by the way, his foot was down. They just thought he juggled the ball. He didn't juggle the ball. That was just this was a rough was night. For the running Michael, everybody who's wondering about Marvin, that was just a horrible call. It, it was a rough night in general. How many spots? So that fourth down Ohio State got stopped on before they turned around and actually went out and won the game. I'm not convinced that Trey Henderson didn't have the first down on both second and third down before they didn't get it on the sweep on fourth. There was a lot of just really bad calls. Like the Big Ten is a real officiating issue. It's rapidly becoming the new Pac-12 when it comes to just abysmal officiating. Um, but you know what? Losers complain about the referees, and Ohio State came through it. And, you know, when Ryan Day was in the interview after the game and he talked about how tough his team was, you know what this was? This is one of those, like, grow up and shed your skin and become a beautiful butterfly and you're not a caterpillar anymore moments. Like, I didn't think – I honest to God, Dave, let me ask you this. When they got the ball back, and they showed Kamakor's face. I thought he looked scared. I really did. I thought he looked scared. And I had zero faith he was going to do what he did. And then he did it. And he made, he made some throws. That throw to Egbuka to the one-yard line is an elite throw. So if this is what Kyle McCord had to go through as a new starting quarterback to take that step, like this is life. This is sports. You suck and suck and suck. And then all of a sudden you, you do it once. You realize you can do it. And you get better and you get better and better and better and better. How many quarterbacks in the history of Ohio State football have 
won on the road at Notre Dame with a touchdown drive of more than 50 yards in less than two minutes. Like, that's a big deal. Oh, it must be the Penn State game. I was going to say, somebody I think even said that. Oh, my, somebody even said the Penn State game in 2002. When's the last time you thought Ohio State very late in a game? This game's over probably, and they still won. Wisconsin 2012, when Ryan Shazer caused the fumble on the goal line late in the fourth quarter, and we won in overtime. That was it. But my initial thought, because Jay Book asked me that after the game, was um, Miami. Like, literally the Fiesta Bowl was my first thought of, wow, this has been that long since we pulled defeat or victory from the jaws of defeat. Maybe. Here's another one, Dave, I got for you. The uh, two-point conversion at the end of the Michigan game. That's another one. What, Tyvis? The interception. Tyvis Powell with the interception. Was that 2013 or 14? One of those two years? A, a bad Michigan team and still. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought yeah. we were going to lose, and then Tyvis picked it off because he didn't 41. run it. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. There may be that. But it, it's been like a decade since we've had a game like this where we're like, oh, my God. Oh, God. The repercussions on Twitter. Everybody's rapidly deleting tweets. Like, And then <laughs> now that we've won. <laughs> I'm leaving mine up. I, I know. I, I talk some shit on Twitter. I don't care. Like, I, I said what I have I, never deleted a tweet that I didn't I, misspell. I, you I know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't – I mean, I thought I was being fair. Ryan Day after that game, dude, was 100%. You could see that was him going, oh, my God, thank God I don't have to deal with that. Like, that was sheer relief from him. Hats off to the defense. Hats off to the defense. I mean, I, I love what I'm seeing out of this defense. Like, was it perfect? No, but it's it's still exactly what I wanted to see. It's not going to be perfect. It's football. They look like a silver bullet defense. They're physical. They're fast. Overall, I mean, I, I don't know why Mike Hall didn't start the game. Nothing against Ty Hamilton. But I, I just – I need Tyleek played great. I need Mike Hall and Tyleek out there as much as possible. Tell you what, Dave. Um, can I officially check the box? Check. Defense is fixed. They might not get as much pressure as people want with four, and I agree with that, right? Like that's a very fair assertion that they need to get more pressure. But you know what? Last year's defense gives up 30 in this game. Like just to be candid, right? Our guys ground and ground and ground. Notre Dame had to grind them down in the second half running for three, four, five yards at a time. I mean, that – look, at the end of the day, that D gave up 14 points. What have we done this year? Four games, 34 points against. You can't ask for more. You can't ask for more than that. That's an awesome performance by our D. And despite JTT not maybe having the giant impact Penn State game last year style like everybody wanted, that last drive, he put us in position to win the football game with those two plays on first and second down, period. And the Notre Dame chickened out and ran the ball on third down, which was hilariously stupid. They were trying to make a 15-yard pass. Why wouldn't you do that? So, you know, credit to the D, man. The D won this football game. Even though Kyle McCord went down and took care of business, the D won the football game because they only gave up 14 points on the road to a top-10 team. That's awesome. Let's talk running backs. Trey had the 61-yard touchdown. Um, I thought Chip looked good as well. Um I'm good with that. I'm good with both of them playing. I don't, I'm not trying to pick sides here. I like both of them. Where, where are you at on the running backs? I think, uh, I think Trey's going to be your mainline guy because that, that 61 yard run, nobody else on the, and that running backfield is going to get that extra burst 30 yards to beat that safety to the corner. Right. But you know, they did this early in the game too. Mayan had the goal line carry and he didn't get it in. So they gave Trip a, Chip his shot and Chip. I mean, you want to talk about a guy we brought here to play with like backup linebacker scoring the winning touchdown on the road against Notre Dame. Like, 
Yeah, that's an Ohio kid doing it too. So you got to really love it. I mean, that, that's just fantastic. At this point, I think Chip is, uh, let's just say he's earning more carries because they reviewed that last play 8,000 times trying to find an excuse to say Ohio State didn't score. And that ball was 100% over. And it was this much is the difference. That was the difference. And Chip, Chip that extra work that, that Chip put in, that, that, that extra give a damn that he had, this much won the football game for Ohio State. You're right. I'm sitting there like, that's exactly right. I'm like, they're, they're really trying to find any way. They to were desperate. Not a touchdown. I'm like, that's definitely a touchdown. But until they, until they said for sure it was a touchdown, I'm like, uh, then it was. So, I mean, gritty win. Now that we can like reflect on it, go to Notre Dame and win. That's what it's all about. You escape with a win. Great. That's what it's all about. You know, Dave, at the end of the day, this is one. It doesn't matter what you want to buy. It's one of those inflection points in the year, though, because if you lose this game, the vitriol that comes with that, the you know lack of confidence. I mean, Kyle McCord might be a wildly different player now because he managed to succeed on that play and that drive, putting the ball in the end zone, right? It was a wildly different story for them to be able to essentially go down the field to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat the way Ohio State did in this game. And I, I just... I think you're going to see a team. This is a belief moment, right? I mean, how many championship teams have moments in a season where you go, that could have gone very differently and it didn't. And they grow for team. Yes, for sure. So, I mean, and by the way, can I just say this? This is the most fun I've had in a Ohio State football game in a very long time. Like after we walked away and I'm like, oh my God, we won. Holy Nikes, we won. I don't even know. That was so fun. Like it, it, for, for Ohio State, where we, we don't take enough joy from our team. I think we, as, especially as Bucknuts folks, right? Like we are legit nuts, you know? And every single person, whenever Ohio State didn't get that fourth and one when the sweep was sitting there, you know, hell and fire and brimstone and Ryan Day, right? And they got it. They came back. And I mean, you talk about sports as a metaphor for life, right? Like we're, you get a chance, something happens, and it's crazy. And this is your shot. They just they they just took advantage of it. So let's see. You know, what if this is sort of the turning point? This is the this is the hinge. This is the fulcrum where the team goes from like, I think we can do this to, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty damn sure we can do this. We have a week off next week for this team to get healthy. And then Maryland is the next opponent. And Maryland's a good team. What are they four and zero right now? I think. I think they beat Michigan State today, right? Four or five and zero, something like that. Yep, they're good. Four and zero. Yep. And well, we, they have to play Indiana next week. But Indiana, did, did Indiana beat Akron? I saw it was tied last. I haven't even looked at that. Yet. I haven't even. I, I, oh, geez. It was seventeen seventeen in the second half, Dave. Let's check it out. I know. I, I have not even looked at it. Let's check it out. Let's do. Let's do this live. Let's do. Let's yeah. Let's look at some Big Ten scores. Did Indiana pull it out over? Oh, they're third. They're in, they're in triple overtime. Oh, my they're God. In third overtime. 27 all in Bloomington. With Akron. Well, maybe Indiana's actually good. No, no. They no, Indiana's they not good. Suck. They suck. They're not good. Don't, don't, maybe Indiana. No, no, no. Hey, Ohio State is two-thirds of the way through sweeping the major schools in Indiana, though. We just got to win at Purdue now. And Purdue looks like a monkey butt, so hopefully the Buckeyes don't go there and pull a couple of years ago disaster bird game. But 
Um, who won the Minnesota game, by the way? Did you see that Northwestern was making a big comeback in that one? I didn't. Minnesota did win, though, right? I thought they oh, did. Northwestern won. Oh, wow. <laughs> Northwestern won in overtime. Jeez, I'm just getting all caught up. I'm like, I was laser-focused on one game in particular. I saw it was on the TV. Like I'm, I'm up in Niagara Falls with my son's hockey team this weekend, and we were all sitting in one of the restaurants here, and it was on another TV. We got so distracted by the Ohio State game, I never paid attention. And we all walked out of there like, I can't believe we won. And I didn't check it before I got on air. So Northwestern beat Minnesota. Oh, my gosh. Dude, i tell you what, though. You went the big takeaway for the Big Ten today is Penn State's the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, they do look good. And Drew Allen. 31 nothing or something like that, right? Was it, was it 31 nothing that they won today? Still have the Big Ten page pulled up here. Yeah, thirty-one to nothing over Iowa. Wide out yeah. conditions. Yeah, and Iowa came in ranked twenty-fourth. Ain't gonna be ranked anymore. No. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz is. Anyways, but, but the reality is, Penn State's came out this year and done everything you'd ask for them to do. Right? They're gonna. Was it three weeks from now? Four weeks from now? When they come to Columbus? I mean, that's when we need McCord to. So the next couple of weeks need to be Kyle McCord shows the confidence he got from, you know, a game-winning touchdown drive on the road against Notre Dame. That's got to carry over to Penn State. And then there's the whole Drew Aller story there. Like, that's the next thing to look forward to. So it's going to be real interesting to see the next couple of weeks here because October is the scary month for Ohio State. Like, when we were talking about this back in, like, the spring, October was the month we all went, ugh, at Purdue, ugh, Wisconsin with Luke Fickle, ugh, Penn State. So – this is, a, this is a big deal that they're in this position going forward. But now we got to, you know, take a deep look and see those games. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love the Gary House do shout out from Michael on YouTube. Gary, rest in peace. One of the great Buckeyes. Rest in peace, Dwayne Long. Dwayne, Dwayne hated Notre Dame. Dame. God bless him. Guys, last year, like great Buckeyes. They're both up there, loving the fact that the Buckeyes won tonight. Let me ask you this. I'll get you out of here on this. So like Ryan Day, I loved his attitude coming into the game. I love what he said before the game and after the game. We're going to let it fly. We're going to do this. Did he live up to that during the game, though? I mean, maybe we got to give Notre Dame credit. Notre Dame's defense is good, but, like, did he feel like Day lived up to his words? No, I don't. I don't. Like, I know he went for, like, a fourth and goal and fourth and one. Um, I thought that there was a lot of scared stuff we did to try to protect McCord in this game. Um you know, as happy as I am right now that we won that game. Going even back to that last drive, why the hell didn't we take a timeout with when we when we stopped them? Um, we let the clock run down an extra 40 seconds, right? And thank God we had the time to get that last playoff, right? But I did not understand that at all. I don't give yourself all the time in the world. We're not getting chunk plays. Um, Ryan Day, you know, he ground the ball a lot on uh, running in the running game. I, I didn't think we, we did a lot of plays to put McCord, like, you know, in position to succeed at times. There's a lot of checkdowns. We got lucky at times. I, I, uh, thanks. IU won. Appreciate it, Cody. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't think Ryan – I think Ryan Dale at times coached a little scared. That fourth and one sweep reminded me of when we didn't run Carlos Hyde up the freaking middle against Michigan State and said ran Braxton to the outside and hoped that our tight end could hold a block. What the hell were we doing? Get every offensive lineman in the backfield, declare him eligible, take the snap, and drive his ass forward. Like, that's insane to me. So that got papered over. But, you know, Ryan Day, 
did not have his necessarily his best night. And I'm thrilled they won. And, and, and after that post-game interview, me and everybody else just kind of worrying about him has his back pretty heavily at this point, right? I think now it's a, how do you do against Penn State? Let's talk in November in Ann Arbor sort of moment for him, for him to sort of silence the doubters, right? But there was a lot of stuff tonight that I think Ohio State played a little tentatively when it came to being aggressive offensively, when it came to just get that yard. Like when we were on the goal line in, in the first half where we got stopped on that random like McCord bootleg and in throw into coverage, right? Where McCord is like locking in on Stover. And that's another thing I hope happens from this final drive is that he stops locking in on Stover every time he's concerned. But, um, you know, we have third and goal on the three and we didn't have McCord or Igbuka on the field. Or not McCord, uh, Marvin or Igbuka on the field. Like, what are we doing? Look, those are your two best players. And they're not even on the field for the final two plays to get you into the end zone. They were on the field the last, by the way. They had to threat. Notre Dame had to account for them. Um, you could see the ev- evolution. And maybe that's a credit to Ryan Day recognizing the mistake he made in the first half. But at the end of the game, whenever we scored from the one-yard line, it's because we had Marvin and Egbuka um, at the bottom of the screen. And they had the safety and the two guys covering them down to the side. So we had the numbers mismatch up front. And that allowed Chip get, to get that space. But Ryan made some questionable Questionable play calls tonight. And he got lucky. We won the game. Yes, his team is tougher than hell. You know, hey, let's go, Bucks. 4 0, right? You won at Notre Dame. Everything else is chaff. But I, I don't feel like they, quote, let it fly in this game. I, not offensively, at least. Well, thanks for hopping on, my friend. I appreciate your insights. What a nice W. I love oh, it. yeah. This is my favorite Ohio State win from Canada ever, eh? <laughs> Is it the only one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never been in Canada for an Ohio State football game before. But I will say this at this point, unless we play them in a bowl game, Ohio State's winning streak over Notre Dame is officially approaching a century now. I know. So we're, great. we're now with 6-0 and in our lifetime. I think it's 7-0, and isn't it? In our lifetime? Unless you're, you're older than me. No, it's 6-0. and You're right. It was two bowl games, the two 90s games, and then these two. You're right. So it's 6-0. Yeah. 6-0. I've never seen Ohio State lose to Notre Dame, and I hope to live a very long and extensive life, not even 40 yet. But you know what? Uh, I am very happy that the Buckeyes have uh, never lost to Notre Dame in my lifetime, and I'll be even happier whenever we're currently holding the win over Michigan uh, from the most recent game. That's the next big thing. So, Well, good stuff. I uh, can't wait, wait to read the bucket tomorrow. He is the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Thank you, Bax. Good stuff, buddy. Have a good night, Bucknuts. Be happy. That's a big win. Don't Thanks worry. for having me on, Dave. Thanks, bud. He is Matt Baxendale. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon eventually after postgame interviews. Wow. I'm still sitting here. I still can't believe what we saw. Great win. Great win. You know, as, as I said earlier, you can pick it apart. Um, and we kind of did. But bottom line is just win. And they did that. They're sitting here. They're four zero. They're going to be a. They're still a top six team. They're going to be eventually a top five team. Just keep winning. I really feel like the only two teams that could beat them are Penn State and Michigan. I guess maybe at Wisconsin, but Wisconsin has not looked that good to me. Still, it's at Wisconsin. You know, Luke's going to have his guys ready. They're a good team, but um, I think Ohio State would have to like beat themselves. I think Notre Dame's a better team than Wisconsin. Um, 
And Ohio State was able to go in there and get the job done. And speaking of Notre Dame Stadium, let's welcome in Steve Hellwagons live from South Bend. Steve, welcome to the show. It's a little chaotic here, Dave, as you might uh, imagine. I am after after what we just witnessed. I love that you're here on the show. So, give me your initial thoughts, man. Did you think? Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Just win, baby. Where are you at on this? Man, what a crazy game to see the number of chances that they had that they failed to punch in. I mean, third and goal to one in the first half and then fourth and goal to one and not get it. And then fourth and one there with about four and a half minutes to go and not get it on the Abuka uh, end around. Uh, so it came up one, one more time at the one yard line with three seconds left somehow, some way. And uh, I had a sneaking suspicion in that set as Trianum was lined up right beside him that they may just hand him the ball here because you honestly have nothing to lose. The whole playbook's open at that point because this is the last play. There is no other play. If he comes down in bounds, the game's over. I mean, the clock runs out. So uh, to me, uh, that was a stroke of brilliance. And uh, they caught Notre Dame completely off guard with that play. Obviously, Notre Dame may have only had 10 players on the field. This is a, a tribute, and, uh, of course, Coach Day has been just absolutely defiant here after the game with his comments. I'm sure some people have probably reported some of that, or you probably saw it on NBC as they were going off the air, just very pointed comments about uh, the, the comments that Newholtz made, basically saying Ohio State was a soft team and uh, was not a lunch pail team. And uh, that was a uh, strike across the bow. Now, for 59 minutes and 58 seconds, Lou Holt's words were somewhat vindicated. But <laughs> the only play that mattered was the one that ended with one second left. And he put that ball over the goal line somehow. And uh, they get out of here with a 17-14 to 14 win. You know, I was sitting here with a few minutes to go. And I'm like, just throw it up, get a holy Buckeye and get out of here. And this was very similar to Holy Buckeye, just a touchdown in the final minute, final seconds. And uh, they go on the road and uh, take a win here tonight over Notre Dame. Just uh, nothing short of amazing here at South Bend and Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, they this place was just absolutely rocking tonight. And uh, great tribute to their fans and everybody who was here tonight. But, uh, man, Ohio State would not be denied somehow, some way. It, it was a just a crazy evening, no doubt. We're getting a lot of Lou Holtz shout outs uh, here on the live feed. But uh, I mean, but Your you know, obviously, not not. Left, you're going to lose the game. Guess what, boys? Obviously, the Buckeyes are not soft. These guys are tough dudes. But like, I, I don't like stuff like it's fourth and inches. You could do a quarterback sneak and easily get it instead of you're doing a wide receiver sweep with a Mecca. I mean, and that's just one of many examples. That's just one play. But there was other plays I'm like, just. Finally, they did, Steve, on that last play. They're just like, listen, we're Ohio State. We're going to run it at you with Chip. Touchdown. But yeah. I, I just need to see more of that. I, I, I want to see more of that. We're going to impose our will. We're not going to be finesse, especially on fourth and inches. By the way, just get up there and do a quarterback sneak. Easy first down. Yeah. This was just an, a crazy night, Dave. What can I tell you? Uh, they got one out. And uh, Kyle Accord, man, oh, man. Did we see him come alive before our very eyes? 15-play, 65-yard drive to win it, and uh, he had to convert a third down early in the drive. He did that, uh, had to make a couple more dramatic throws. There's 13 seconds left, and he throws it down to the one-yard line. 
to Abuka, and they have to run down there and uh, from 20 yards away and run down there and spike it. Now there's seven seconds left, throws it to Marvin, the end zone incomplete. And, uh, man, just uh, three seconds left. That's all that was left, just time to, to run one play. And, uh, you know, it was – it was uh, it, they found a way to win on a day when they didn't have their best stuff. Let's just put it that way. Defense played lights out incredible. I gave up two touchdowns. Uh, one of them a 96-yard touchdown drive by Notre Dame, which you got to tip your cap to Notre Dame for that one. But uh, what a what a crazy night! In the first half, Dave, Notre Dame had a possession eight minutes long and didn't score. Ohio State had one seven minutes long and didn't score. It's like I see your eight-minute possession. I raise you a seven-minute possession, and we're going to turn it over at the one-yard line down fourth down. So, yeah, it was uh, a nutso game. That's for sure. When's the last nutso game you can remember quite like this? Does this remind you of anything? Like, you know, my sister reached out. She said it reminded her of like 2002 Cincinnati going back. Yes, Cincinnati, Purdue, Purdue in 2014, Team of Destiny. Uh, I'm trying to think. Penn State was that kind of a scrape, I think, in 2014 in double overtime uh, where your heart is just leaping out of your chest, you know, on every play. And I turned to somebody here in the interview room where I was watching it unfold, and I just said, "I think I'm about to vomit." You know, this this is uh, this is not for the faint of heart. And uh, this this one had a slow build. Certainly, it's three to nothing at halftime, and probably putting half of America to sleep. But uh, for those who stuck around, they got quite a treat there down the end. Man, Notre Dame comes away from this just wondering, you know, what should have been, what could have been, and uh, they could not get off the field on that last drive. Ohio State just kept taking it down. I'm going to bow out. Let Murph take it from here. He Thanks, just Steve. talked to Jim Knowles. And, All right, uh, you, guys, hey, you, guys, you guys stay out of trouble tonight, okay? All right, I'll do anything I wouldn't do. All right, Patrick Murphy's. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. Patrick, welcome in. Patrick is live. From Notre Dame Stadium. Wow. I thought the Buckeyes were going to – I know I'm not breaking news here. I thought the Buckeyes were going to lose that game. They gritted it out. They got the win. That's all that matters. Where are you at on this uh, game, Patrick? Yeah, well, first, I'm sure people have seen the Ryan Day comments. I don't know if you and Steve talked about that, but uh, he came through. I'm standing right by the Ohio State tunnel here. This is the team tunnel. When he came through here, we had to wait and follow the team through. He walks through a big group of people, stands in front of these fans, and just start screaming, hands up in the air. I mean, it was, it was the Georgia game plus some. Uh, I, I, I've never seen him like that. Obviously, he was very emotional after the game. I'm sure everybody's seen that stuff. But um, the way he came through with all the fans right behind us here, uh, it was, it, it was different. It was really different. And uh, you know, you, you hope you get that energy again from day uh, going forward. Look, it wasn't a perfect game at all. But as he said, they played physical and, and some, somehow, somehow. They figured out a way to get that win. Jeez, what do you think of some of the short yardage play calls? Not the la the last one was good. Yeah, the right. touchdown to win the game was good. Before that, what did you think? Yeah, still some questions about the decisions on the calls. Um, you know, the execution. I mean, the the weird one for me. I thought it was interesting to bring Caden Curry in as a fullback when you've got Chip Trainum in there. Um, I don't, you know, the, the play action seemed like an obvious play right here. Um, instead of maybe sneaking it with Kyle or, or something along those lines, 
you know, that's something they certainly are going to have to look at this this next off week and, and figure those things out. Um, you know, the, the same with the pass rush, because Sam Hartman had way, way too much time tonight. And other quarterbacks and not to take anything away from Sam Hartman is go are going to pick them apart better than he did if uh, if they're not careful. But look, I mean, you know, the, it's hard to say too much negative about the defense because of what they ultimately did. But it's a much better place to be. in, I think to fix these need to fix these things after you get an emotional win like that. Imagine losing that game there at the end. And now you have two weeks to think about it. Well, now you have to think about it, but you think about it in a very positive sense. And, and you know, that there's still a lot of things to clean up. How'd you feel like Kyle McCord played both how he threw the ball and how he responded mentally? How did you feel like he played? Yeah, I thought he was, I don't remember. I don't know what his final numbers were, but I thought he played pretty well given, you know, first big game on the road. Um, not perfect by any stretch. He was at Ryan day was asked in the press conference about Kyle being better on third downs, especially on that final drive where he, you know, he, he, he wasn't seeing things it seemed until the pressure got ramped up and coach day said he hadn't looked at it that way, but he could certainly see how that's true. He's going to have to watch the film. And I did think that was interesting because he made some big throws, uh, you know, the throw, I think it was to Fleming, uh, the one to Emeka that, that set up the touchdown. He made some big throws throughout the game. Now, you still got to see the field better. There was at least a couple that I can think of just off the top of my head. Uh, Chip, or, uh, I think it was Travion Henderson in the flat one time. He dumps it off. It's a first down. I think he missed Cade. He's still, he's, he's still learning. Um, and you're learning on the fly here while, while trying to you know, get the job done. Um, he got the win, which is what Ryan Day stressed the most was he was able to lead the team down there when they needed it the most and get the win. So, you know, that's certainly a, a check plus. Uh, but, yeah, certainly things he's got to continue to work on. And I think this week comes at a good time for him specifically to go back to the film, these first four games, look at where he got better each week, um, and then look at where he can, he can still get better. And now he has time to, to kind of improve on that. Yeah, I mean, like, just win, right? I mean, like, yeah. we said coming into this game, like, if they win by one point, who cares? Like, you can get caught up in, in the minutiae and everything and what went wrong. They won this game 17-14, to 14, period. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it goes a different way, if it's not right at the end, you're trying to win the game. If if it were back and forth and, and teams just, you know, it was great defense the whole game and, and maybe not as much of the sloppy offense, it counts the same, right? Now, I know people want to look ahead and think about down the line and, and Penn State and Michigan and, and those games, and, and certainly that that will come. Um, and this team has to get better before those games. There's no doubt about that, but you take this win. I mean, again, so much better to leave this stadium celebrating the way they were. I, I'm going to post the video of them singing Carmen, Ohio. I mean, these guys were going nuts. I tweeted out a video of the touchdown right after the touchdown and their celebration this meant a lot to these guys. And, you know, I don't know what the rest of the season's going to, to include, but you know, I think this, this can be, if you can improve on some things, I think this can be kind of a rallying point for this team. As long as you continue to get better. This must really hurt for Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, I don't know if it, I knew you're at Ohio. They always do the press conferences simultaneously. So like, I know you've been seeing the Notre Dame comments. I haven't either. This is this has got to be crushing for them. Keep in mind, they came into this game knowing they were five and zero oh and five against Ohio State in all of our lifetimes, um, unless you were alive in 1936 or whatever. Um, and now they're zero oh and six, and they had this game won at their own place, and the Buckeyes 
stole it from them. I mean, this is a crusher for Notre Dame, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, they had uh, Marcus Freeman's press conference on in the back of, of the tiny little room they threw us in, and I, we couldn't hear it. But just watching him, I mean, I don't want to say despondent, but pretty close. Uh, you know, this place was nuts. Uh, if, if you've never been here, this is my first time here. It was a great atmosphere, and, you know, these these fans were going nuts at the end. And then credit Buckeye Nation. They showed up in a big way, um, you know, when when things got close there at the end and then when the Ohio State scored the touchdown, they were loud. Uh, and, you know, so this was an awesome atmosphere. One team had to lose, and with the way the game played out, it was going to be super painful either way. Obviously, the, the side that we're on, everybody watching this probably feels pretty good now. But you're right. Um, you know, Notre Dame, this was a game where you potentially get back on the map on a national stage. Now, if you're Ohio State, you've put yourself in a, a pretty good position here. Again, I'm, I'm going to keep emphasizing this, assuming you continue to improve on things. Defense really stepped up for the Buckeyes. Yeah. I'll get you out of here on this. Just your thoughts on Jim Knowles and the way this defense played. Yeah, I thought it was good. He, we just talked to him. He said he still wasn't happy with some of the explosive plays. They gave up too many, but he liked that they were able to get those stops um, you know, and, and he was asked about not just that last fourth and one, but there were a handful of, of big stops earlier in the game. Um, you know, the fourth down that had to be reviewed, plays like that that guys made. Um, Denzel Burke, I don't know if they threw to his side of the field the entire game, maybe a couple times. I mean, you know, he's, he's a true lockdown corner that we thought he could be, that we talked about going into the year, that we've seen from Ohio State guys in the past. And, and this isn't the best group of wide receivers Ohio State's going to see this year but it's still a good group and he did his job the pass rush has to get better as I said before but I mean I think everything else is is coming into into play nicely I still there was a lot of rotation with Jordan Hancock and Sonny Styles, and my thought was Sonny Styles is a guy that you don't have to uh I will do that once I get done working at some point tonight have a nice cold adult beverage uh but the the rotation for me is interesting. I thought Sonny Styles is a guy that you don't have to rotate out of the game as much. Isn't that the point? But I thought Jordan Hancock played well. Maybe it's just the fact that he deserves it. Um, I think this, you know, I don't want to get ahead of us because we thought this defense was really improving last year. But it does seem to me that, that this defense is is about where you want it to be. Uh, to answer that question there, are the Silver Bullets back? Looked pretty good tonight. Looked pretty good tonight. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Patrick, get back to work. Have fun tonight. I'll see you Tuesday at the Ryan Day Probably Conference. Wednesday, it sounds like we're going to do something. Wednesday. No, Tuesday. We're, we're, oh, we're not doing the official press conference on Tuesday because yeah. of the bye week. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, all right. See you Wednesday. All right. all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Patrick. He's Patrick Murphy. Great hearing from our guys live from Notre Dame. Our guys on the ground. Fire away with questions. If you guys have already – Shot some questions my way that I haven't seen. Please fire them back my way. You know, I think you got to give Notre Dame credit, obviously. They're a good team. You know, I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're a good team. They're playing at home. They were motivated. They're well coached. Um, you got to give them credit. There's no doubt. Um, you got to give Notre Dame credit, and they got to be crushed right now. So, listen, it's just. Again, I start. Oh, that scared me there for a second. I kind of like 
kind of cut out on me there for a minute. Yeah, we're still going live. Fire away with any questions that you guys have about this game. Or just comments. That's fine, too. Andy on Facebook saying Ryan Day needs that passion for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, like, he had the passion, but, like, they were, you know, it's easy to say that when they win the game. They were that close to losing the game. So, I still, I mean, man, again, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I said, with just win, baby, instead of focusing on, on some of the negative stuff. Did Tyleek get hurt on the last play? I've heard a lot of people ask this. I'll have to go back and look. I mean, as soon as the game ended, I started getting ready for the postgame podcast. As I told Dan Rubin, I was thinking uh, I might need to go take a walk around the block first, but uh, thank God I didn't need to do that. Buckeyes uh, took care of business. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie's saying that he had that passion before the game. He did. He had that passion, I thought, this week in general. And then before the game, he had the passion. After the game, he had the passion. But did his coaching match the passion? Like, I mean, it's fourth and inches. Why aren't you getting up there? Why aren't you doing tempo, getting up there quickly, quarterback sneak, boom, or whatever. You get up there, you're kind of like pity patting around. There's a timeout. Then you get stuffed on a wide receiver sweep on fourth and inches. Get up there and just slam that down their throat. And you don't even need to be like man ball about it. Get up there and go quick. Do a quarterback sneak. Or you do the the Philadelphia Eagles with the push. Yet, despite all that, the Buckeyes won this game. They're 4-0. What a, my gosh. Notre Dame, I mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't. They finally thought that they had Ohio State beat. These Notre Dame fans, are like us, like they've seen this five times leading into this. They lost to Ohio State, and they thought they finally had Ohio State, and the Buckeyes still beat them in South Bend. That's one that we're going to be talking about for a long time. You see it all the time in sports where you think like, oh, we outplayed them, but they, you know, they made a play at the end and somehow we lost and it's the worst feeling in the world. So enjoy this. You know, I mean, that's felt like they were going to lose and they won. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I didn't need all of my teams blowing leads tonight. You know, Buckeyes were up 10 to nothing. I'm looking at the Reds were up nine to nothing. Nine to nothing in baseball. That's hard to lose that lead. And the Reds pulled it off. The Reds lost that lead. They lost 13 to 12 against the Pirates, no less. So I'm thinking, geez, Reds lost a nine to nothing lead. Now the Buckeyes are going to lose a 10 to nothing lead. At least the Buckeyes won. Who cares about the Reds? Pretty sure the Reds were not going to beat the Braves in a seven game series anyway, or even a one game series. Buckeyes stay alive. And another thing I think that's important to point out is there's not a great team in college football this year. So it's not like you have to be like – this is. there's not like a – even 2019 Ohio State was fantastic. I almost said 2019 LSU. 2019 Ohio State was a fantastic team too. They got robbed against Clemson. 2019 LSU was fantastic though with Burrow and Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Um, and J.K. Dobbins would have missed that game probably. He was hurt against Clemson, could barely walk. That's why they had to use Master Teague for the second half. So Ohio State probably would have lost, but still, that was a great Ohio State team in 2019. Great LSU team. Great Alabama team in 2020. Great Georgia team in 2021. I don't think Georgia was great last year. Ohio State should have beaten them in Atlanta, no less. They were still the national champs. My point is, I don't think there's even a Georgia of 2022 this year. Um, Maybe there is. I don't see it. I don't see a great team out there. Georgia, I don't see them three-peating. There, I mean, you trail South Carolina at halftime, 14 to three. I don't see it from Georgia. Michigan's number two. They struggled against Bowling Green. They struggled early today. Then they turned it on against Rutgers. Um, 
there's not a great team. So just do what you got to do. Win games like this. And really, there's only a few teams. You look at the schedule coming into the year. What do we say? Notre Dame, Penn State, at Wisconsin, at Michigan. Those are the four that could trip them, trip you up. Well, you you already you already got one of those in the bag, and it looked like you weren't going to get it. So just get those other three in the bag. Just like it's easy. But you know what I mean? Ohio State can do it. There's not they'll be favored against Penn State. They'll be favored at Wisconsin. They'll probably be underdogs at Michigan. But I don't know. Michigan just does not have that same feel when you look at them. I mean, Rutgers was winning the, the battle of the line of scrimmage early in that game. Then Michigan had a, some good plays. Michigan has the better talent. But, um, man, there's not a great team in college football this year. Just take care of business, and the Buckeyes are going to be exactly where they want to be. TJ saying Vegas knows too much. Three points spread and the Buckeyes win by three. I know. I know. It always feels that way. Obviously, as you guys know, they're not trying to predict the score. They're trying to get money on both sides. Um, I know I'm not breaking news there, but it does feel that way sometimes. Like, man, these guys are like predicting it. That's what they do for a living. That's why, you know, a lot of times it's like, wow, I can't believe how accurate they were. But they're not actually trying to predict the score. They're trying to get money on both sides. Boy, they did a good job of it tonight. Buckeyes favored by three. Buckeyes win by three. Looked like they were going to lose by four, but the Buckeyes pull it out. Man, that was fun. Yeah, we've had people talk about like 2016 Michigan. I don't know. I mean, I never felt like that game. This one felt more over than that game, I guess, or more like Ohio State was in danger, I guess. They were in danger in both games. And I mean, like when it was like, you know, two plays before the Curtis Samuel or the, the JT Barrett, you know, got the first down because Curtis had to do the – before the Curtis walk-off, you guys remember, he did that one. He got like nine yards and set up the fourth and one that JT got. So, yeah, that, I mean, 2016 Michigan was obviously, I mean, I can't think of another walk-off touchdown for Ohio State. That was awesome. We almost had one tonight. That wasn't, didn't technically count. But, um, yeah, 2016 Michigan, you know, as my sister said, 2002 Cincinnati. You could pick a lot of games from 2002, right? Um, yeah, the Purdue game in, two, in 2013. There's been a lot of them. Obviously, Miami in 2002, obviously, the national championship game against Miami. It looked uh, like the Buckeyes. Um, and not just the fourth and – or not fourth and 14. Um, the uh, the penalty on Chris Gamble – not on Chris Gamble, that Chris Gamble drew. Looked like the game was over. So, obviously, that's first and foremost. But this was – you know, for a regular season game, this one takes the cake for me as far as I thought the Buckeyes were going to lose the game. Huge game, and yet they pull it out. Jason, do I think Simmons can clean up his play? He leads FBS in penalties over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been better than he was last year as a redshirt freshman at San Diego State, but it is a concern. That was the concern coming into the year that Simmons had a lot of penalties last year. So I think when he, they say he leads FBS, I think it's mostly because of last year, but he had a couple penalties tonight. That, I, I think that that's coachable. You know, I look at Josh Simmons. He's not, he, he's physically, he's, he's not getting beat physically. Uh, that's mental. And you can definitely coach that out of him. <laughs> KMW on YouTube. Dave, is it 2002 or 2023? Let's hope it's just like 2002, right? I don't care how many, uh, I don't care if it's the cardiac kids again. Let's just, let's win another national championship. Seems to be how it works for the Buckeyes. I mean, even before my time, they, 
Entered the 1968 season, the Super Softs. No one expected anything out of that team. National champs. 2002, nobody expected anything out of that team. National champs. 2014, I won't say we didn't expect anything out of them. It was Urban's third year. They went 12-0 his first year, but, you know, then they lose to Virginia Tech early. Braxton was hurt before that. So, sometimes it's the years you're not expecting. So, we'll see what happens, but, um, Wow. We've got a lot of people talk about this. Dov on Facebook. Fryer had a bad penalty called, which he says was a bad call. I agree with that. I talked about this earlier in the show because we see that all the time in football. Some people, like, you know, I was on Twitter. Some people thought that that was, they were saying, oh, what a stupid job by Josh Fryer. That was a dumb penalty by Fryer. I'm like, we see that all the time in football. An offensive lineman pancakes his guy and then jumps on him. He didn't like go off the top rope and spear him. It wasn't a dirty play. It was a football play. He, he pancaked him legally. And he got on top of him to make sure he couldn't get back up. I have never seen that called. I have never seen that called. We've I, I've had several people talking about, you know, Ryan Day's play calling. Mike on Facebook's talking about it right now. The problem is, I mean, are you ready to give it up to Brian Hartline? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you could be like, well, here you go. I don't know. I mean, he's never called plays before. You got Justin Fry. I know Coach Day leaned on Kevin Wilson a lot. Kevin Wilson now the head coach at Tulsa. I don't know. But you don't see, I mean, I, I guess it depends. I mean, you, there, there have been obviously successful head coaches that have called the offense themselves or called the defense themselves. I prefer a head coach that's more of a CEO that um, has an offensive coordinator and has a defensive coordinator. But um it's not going to happen. I mean, Coach Day is not going to give that up. Even though he's Brian Hartline's his offensive coordinator, who's calling the plays? Coach Day. What was all the talk during spring? Will Hartline call plays? We were, we were saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it. We're not seeing it. So, and and I, frankly, I don't think that would be the right move. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I don't think, especially Brian Hartline would be his first year ever of calling plays. I, I trust Coach Day. I didn't like what I saw tonight, but, but, you got to give Notre Dame credit. That's a good team. It's a good team. Are they a top 10 team? We shall see. They're certainly you know, a top 20 team. You're playing them at their place. They're fired up. Um, some things were going their way. For the Buckeyes to show that grit and pull that win out, that says a lot about this team. That says a lot about this team. Glenna on Facebook, cut McCord some slack. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think overall – I was happy with Kyle McCord. I thought he um, was poised. I thought he wasn't often given, um, wasn't often put in the best position by the coaches. But um, he can play better. He'd be the first one to say that. I like his toughness. Even though he's not going to beat you with his legs, he's willing to run. He's a tough dude. You can see the arm talent. You can see why Ryan Day handpicked him. People are like, he made a terrible decision taking Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. Do you see J.J. play today? I mean, he gets Rutgers. I mean, J.J. can run the ball. Um, he's not a good passer. Yeah, he had good passing stats against Ohio State last year, but like any of you could have thrown some of those passes. Wide open guys, 30 yards wide open. Um, I'm not saying Kyle McCord's better than J.J. That story is still to be written, but um, I'm not also not going to say Ryan Day made a mistake because Michigan was not that good last year because of J.J. McCarthy. This is their defense and their running game. So, 
Fred is not a JJ fan. Fred on on YouTube, not a JJ fan. Joseph, what do I think about Ohio State having their first traditional pocket passer in decades? It's not accurate. Troy Smith was a pocket passer. He won the Heisman. Didn't have that many rushing yards that year. The only Big Ten quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy. So... Well, yeah, I mean, Matthew saying no way McCord is as good as Straub, but he doesn't need to be. That's true. He's not ever going to be the number two pick of the draft, but he doesn't, he doesn't need to be. Yeah, and Haskins as well. Thank you. Haskins obviously was a pocket passer. And maybe the best one in Big Ten history. I think people forget he had 50 touchdowns and seven interceptions and almost 5,000 passing yards in 2018. Dwayne Haskins. 4,900 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Despite what Stephen A. Smith once called him a run-first quarterback, despite that, he was not a run-first quarterback. He was a pocket quarterback. So, yeah, Dwayne Haskins, Troy Smith. I mean, got to throw Todd Beckman in there, I guess. He, he They got to the national championship game the year Todd Beckman was a starter. Then he got beat out by Terrell Pryor the next year after a few games, after that USC game. I was there in L.A. for that game. That was not fun. It was not fun. Eric says 59 touchdowns. No, 50. I, I, I'm pretty sure he had 50 exactly. I remember I was sitting there at the Rose Bowl. Now you got me looking this up. Live podcast, my friends. Dwayne Haskins college stats. I'm pretty sure it was 50 exactly. I'll bet you a steak dinner it was 50 exactly. Taking on it. All right, let's see. Let's see. Oh no, you were no, you were wrong. It was fifty. Fifty touchdowns for Dwayne Haskins in two thousand and eighteen. Fifty touchdowns, eight interceptions. I said seven. All right. Well, there you go. But not fifty-nine. Fifty touchdowns exactly. Oh. The people talking to each other in the comment section. Donnie's saying, what are you worried about? McCord was just made. Yeah, okay, yeah. We're liking it. Mike on Facebook, what about Aaron Nolan next year? He'll be a true freshman and he won't play. That's about Aaron Nolan next year. He's not going to start as a true freshman. He just won't. He's playing against – he's actually not having a great year. He's, play, he's playing against fantastic competition. I love Aaron Nolan. And Aaron Nolan's going to be a really good quarterback here. Do not expect him to come in here and start as a true freshman, though. Not going to happen. No way. All right, keep those, uh, keep those comments firing away. First day of – now, second day of fall. We're now, we've now rolled into – we're now 11 minutes into Sunday morning. I knew we'd go into Sunday morning. Yeah, I almost said like Lincoln Keenholz, Nathan on Facebook's talking about people sleeping on Lincoln Keenholz. And don't forget about Devin Brown. Like it, it was a really close battle between Devin and Kyle, and Kyle looks good. So um now if Aaron Nolan comes in and wins this job next year, great for him. That it's just I I I there's no way that's gonna happen. No way that's gonna happen. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, Caveman saying Air's team is not great. He's dragging them along. Yeah, I, I can see that because he's you watch his film last year and at camps. See, he's the real deal. And it's still early. They play like four games. And by the way, it's not like Aaron Nolan's stats are bad. It's just like people are like, well, he's only averaging like less than 200 passing yards. It's like, but yeah, but, I mean, you don't know what his offensive line's like, his receivers, what the deep, and he's playing against the best competition in Georgia, which as you guys know, is one of the best high school football states in the country. Matt on YouTube saying Notre Dame did not look like a national championship contender in his opinion. I agree, but Ohio State didn't either. So maybe they were just both really good teams going at it. And that's why I just love that Ohio State was able to pull this out because that just looked like, um, man, I was going to walk away thinking like they should have won the game. If they would have done this, they would have won. They should have won. They should have won. And they won. They won. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We all know from being sports fans, like how often do our sports teams, it's like they outplay somebody, but they lose. Buckeyes got it done. Buckeyes got it done. And it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for that call on Josh Fryer, I don't know where you, people are split on that. I think most of you didn't think that was a good call. If it wasn't for that, keep in mind, Ohio State was leading 10 to 7 at the time. That would have given them a first down like at, at Notre Dame's 20. So they're at least going to get a field goal problem, maybe a touchdown to go up 17-7 to right there. Late in the third quarter, last play of the third quarter, that was huge. So it's not just like, oh, Ohio State was lucky to win. Like, it felt like that late. But let's look back, though. I mean, you could say Notre Dame was lucky that they ended up getting the 14-10 lead because Ohio State, that call on Fryer was, in my opinion, horrible. Because like I've said many times, if you're just tuning in, we see that all the time in football. They never call it. Guy pancakes his guy because it's legal. You pancake your guy's an offensive lineman and you jump on him to make sure he doesn't get up. You don't, that wasn't a dirty play. He wasn't in the like, like grounding and pounding him or anything. He just jumped on him to make sure he couldn't get up. You see it all the time. That was a bad call. And that probably would have put the game away to maybe not put it away, but if certainly given Ohio State breathing room early in the fourth quarter, that was the last play of the third quarter. So. Amy agrees that was a horrible call. All right. <laughs> I still, man, good job, Buckeyes. Good, 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 good job. Way to pull it out. <laughs> oh, man. Any final questions before I uh, call it a night? I don't know, TJ. TJ on Facebook, will Day ever call a quarterback sneak? I, I don't know. I'm glad he didn't on the last play because it worked out well with uh, Chip getting the touchdown. But, how, man, I'm screaming at the – like, how are you not – and especially don't just do a quarterback sneak. R rush up there. Don't let the defensive line get set. Then it's even easier to get the first down on QB sneak. And if you have two inches like they did when they did the Emeka wide receivers uh, sweep, like, come on. Two inches, just get up there and do a quarterback sneak. I don't get it. Mike on Facebook, what's my thoughts on the offensive line play? I'm looking forward to re-watching the game. I, I didn't think they played great, but I didn't think they played horrible. I'm looking forward to re-watching it. I really like overall Josh Fryer. I mean, I know that we're talking about that penalty, but like I really, really, really like 
what Josh Fryer brings to the table. Um, he's every bit of six foot six, 320. He's got the super long arms. Like I, he's playing good football and he has been all year. Buckeyes had a right tackle that will mash. I like that. Nathan on YouTube. What do I think about the secondary? I like the secondary. I tell you what, guys, I love Igbenosin. Even though he, he gets handsy, but what cor- what great corner doesn't? He's physical. He's intense. He's long. I didn't. I, you look at a six foot two, somewhat skinny corner. You're thinking, is he really going to be physical in the running game? Igbenosin is ready to go. Like he wants to hit. Like I love it. And yeah, he's going to get some some PIs. That's going to happen. I love Igbenosin. I love Burke. I love Hancock. I love Ransom. I love Styles. Styles had a hell of a play on fourth down. I think the TV guy said it was Ransom. Ransom was in on it. It was Styles that came in from the other side. Bam. It brought Eichenberg on the blitz up the middle, so they couldn't sneak it. Hartman tried to bounce it outside. Sonny said, no. Uh-uh. Sonny, Sonny came home with a vengeance and uh, dropped him for no gain on fourth and one. Huge, huge play by Sonny Styles. So I like this secondary a lot. I like this whole defense, man. I like this whole defense. I want to see more of Mike Hall and Tyleek played great. I want to see Mike, unless they're gas, I want to see Mike Hall and Tyleek out there as much as possible. As much as possible. And uh, JT stepped up late. Tui Moloal stepped up late. Sawyer had some decent plays early. So uh, Tui Moloal played well late. Michael on Facebook, where's CJ Hicks? They like CJ Hicks a lot. They just steal Chambers as their guy. Fifth year senior. They like Steele. Steele's playing good football, played good football last year. So Steele's the guy, and that's CJ's position. So CJ, Steele technically could come back next year because of the COVID year, even though he's a fifth-year senior. So he had a red shirt, he had the COVID year. He could come back as a sixth-year guy. So could Tommy. I think both those guys are going to go. Tommy, to me, is going to be a second-day draft pick, probably third round if I had to guess. No worse than fourth round, probably third round for Tommy. Steel, I don't think will be a second-day pick, but probably will be a third-day pick. I don't think he wants to come back for a sixth year, getting ahead of myself. My point is I think C.J. Hicks is going to be a big part of this defense next year. And then if he comes back for a fourth year the following year, certainly next year, C.J. Hicks is going to be a big part of this defense. But you're wondering why is he not playing right now? It's nothing against C.J. They love C.J. Hicks. You can just talk to Knowles about it, talk to James Laurinaitis about it. And James is really the linebacker coach. Um, they like CJ Hicks a lot. They think he's going to be a future star. It's just right now, Steel's ahead of him. That's it. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate you guys joining me. Thank you to Dan Rubin. Thank you to Matt Baxendale. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. And of course, thanks to all of you joining me here Saturday night into Sunday morning for the Buckeyes. Too close for comfort. 17 to 14 win. Actually, I take that back. Who cares if it's too close for comfort? It was great. They got the win. They beat Notre Dame for the sixth time out of many times in our lifetime. They're six and zero against Notre Dame in our lifetime. It feels great. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys joining me. Thanks again to all of my guests. Hope everyone has a great rest of your weekend.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 